Welcome to the Vivid Church Podcast. Wherever you're listening from today, it's our hope that this message would help you reflect the light of Jesus' life for all to see. It is such an honor to be here and to get to share with you. I love you guys. I love our church. I love what God is doing. And we're going to have a good time today. I'm excited. We are called. We are the called ones. And uh, before we get going, if you're going to take notes today, uh, the message is called Caller ID. All right? Caller ID. So you can write that down. And uh, about a week and a half ago or so, uh, I the mornings are pretty busy. You know, I'm sure you all feel this way. And I, I <laughs> it's like getting up. Justin's gone to work, get, you know, we have six kids in school, two that stay home with me, and so getting everyone out the door is, is a big process, and, um, but we were getting home from dropping the kids off, and so it was just myself and Zion and Crux, just the three of us, and it's like I get in the door and my mind is just trying to think about how I'm going to put the house back together, because in the process of getting out the door, it's just like, woo, everything is everywhere, and so my mind's just like, okay, what am I going to start with? What am I going to tackle? All the things I've got to do. And I'm getting Zion's shoes off, and I'm thinking, and I'm thinking. And then out of nowhere, Zion's just like, isn't it just a great day, Mom? <laughs> you know, and I actually had to, like, pause my process of thinking and go, oh, yeah. Yeah, like, it is a good day. Like, I, I had to actually stop and think, like, yeah, there's a lot to do, but no, it is a good day. And so today, it's, it's going to be a great day, isn't it, guys? Like, it's going to be a great day, and I'm excited, and I know it's easy to come in here, and our minds are still trying to think through whatever we have to do, whatever comes next, the stuff we have to clean up in our life. But let's just, it's a good day, and we get to be here in the house of God together, and we get to look into his word. He's called us, and that is exciting, and there's so much purpose that comes with that. So I'm excited about that. And I'm thankful for Zion. It's kind of lasted about a week now. At some point in the day, even as he's running past me in the hallway, he's like, it's such a great day, mom, isn't it? Like he's, it's just been his thing this last week. And, and I'm really thankful for it because these little things, they last for like a short little season and then all of a sudden they're gone. And it's like, oh, and then he'll move on to some other cute little thing that he does. But it really just lasts for a little, a little moment. And so I think that's one of the reasons why I really love photo albums. I am a big fan of photo albums, like the actual book. Now I know that they kind of, I think they're kind of just maybe not even a thing anymore because everyone has their phone and you just scroll through all your pictures on your phone, right? And I love that too. I do, but there's something about sitting down and looking through an actual photo album, right? Like flipping the pages, there's actually the printed page, like pictures, you know, they're actually there because it captures these moments that took place and, and now you can look back at them and remember how special those moments were. And, you know, some of our kids are still, still quite young. But some of our kids are getting quite grown up now. Like, Kezia is turning 18 in a few months. She's graduating this spring. And so it's really fun just to look back and think, like, oh, remember when she was little and all the things we used to do and look back at those pictures. And inevitably, at some point, fairly often, someone will pull out an album and we'll all, like, somehow get sucked in because someone will be like, oh, come look at this picture. It's so cute. And oh, look at dad in this picture. And we all just kind of get sucked in and we're looking through all these memories, right? And (laughs) then there's the pictures of when it was just Justin and I, like actually 
there was a season where Justin and I did not have kids. It is true. It happened. It's for real. We have pictures to prove it. There was just the two of us. And so it's fun to look at that season of life. Uh, our wedding pictures, uh, when we were like got engaged and then when we were dating, like, you know, kind of go back in time. The week we got that we met at camp, we met at a camp. So it's fun to look at those pictures. But before meeting Justin, there was this whole other part of my life from a long, long, long time ago. And I grew up in a really small town uh, with a really small family, a very small Christian school that I went to, and a really small church, like small, small, small. And then you fast forward to now, and small is not usually used to define anything about my life. Like living in Vancouver, it's one of the larger cities in Canada, right? We have this beautiful church, a location in Toronto, the largest city in Canada, uh, uh, it's been a very long time since our family was called small because, I mean, once you hit like three or four kids, you're like, wow, a big family. So eight kids, we have not been a small family for a long, long time. So it's big. Everything is big, and it's very different than how it was when I grew up. Things have really changed over, you know, different decisions and circumstances have led us to this this time in life, and this is how it looks now. <laughs> and it's very different, and I love it, and I'm thankful for it. But you just never know know where you're going to end up and how things are going to look, you know, and even in day-to-day life, um, things are changing. Like I said, Kezi is graduating in the spring, and then our uh, one of our daughters is going to be moving into high school. So a few weeks ago, I am filling out her registration form for high school. Now, if you filled out these forms, they're quite a process, all the information, all the details, and then you have to give proof of identity, that I am who I say I am. That Gwyneth is who she says she is, that we live where we say we live, and you have to give all this like copies of identity and proof of everything. So I'm going through the whole process and filling it all out, and it gets to all the ID stuff, and it's like, well, you can give two primary pieces of ID, or a primary and a secondary. Do you know what I'm talking about? Have you had these forms before? I'm like, oh, that's nice of them. You know, give the the secondary option, right? So you can use, like, your utility bill to prove that you are who you say you are. I'm like, that's nice of them. But that would not work in very many areas of life, right? Like, you cannot show up at the airport thinking that that's going to work. Because if you're traveling in Canada, I mean, you can get away with, like, your driver's license, right? Uh, Usually, you just need a passport. If you're going to travel somewhere, you need your passport to get on that plane. You cannot show up at the airport and be like, so here's my utility bill to prove I am who I say I am, right? Like that's not going to work. Secondary piece of ID is not going to work in that area of life because you need to have a primary piece of ID. Um, You can't get to the airport and be like, well, okay, if my utility bill is not going to work, let me just see what else is in my wallet. And you pull out like, oh, well, I've got a gift card from my Nana. It's got my name on it. Is this going to work? Can I get on the plane? Um, You could try. Oh, so in our neighborhood, bubble tea is a really popular thing. And our kids like to go get bubble tea. And their favorite bubble tea shop is Mr. Mustache. So they want to have their Mr. Mustache card to get the stamps so they can get their free drink, right? So you cannot get to the airport and say like, well, here's my Mr. Mustache card, right? I'm almost getting a free drink. You know, that's not going to work because you need to have primary ID. Are you following with me? Primary ID, secondary ID is not going to work. Now, identity, who we say we are, it can be those legal documents, but it is also who we say that we are and how we perceive ourselves, how others perceive us, how we define ourselves, our identity, right? And 
the truth is that our primary identity is found in Christ alone. It is only found in Jesus. We are called, and within Scripture, it talks about who we are and who we are in Christ. That is where our primary ID comes from. However, because so many people do not know that, because people have never known or maybe have just forgotten that we find our identity in Christ, people are trying to fill in the gaps of their identity with secondary pieces of ID. All right, secondary pieces of ID. Now, these things are, they're great, and I'm not saying they're bad because we are all unique and we have different passions and pursuits and things that we love, but those things that we are secondary pieces of ID, they, um, they change over time. Okay, so for example, if I were basing my whole identity on who I once was a long, long time ago, uh, a small town girl with a small family, then every time that kind of shifted and changed, I would face an identity crisis. Do you know what I'm saying? You've all heard of identity crisis when something shifts or changes, and it's like, oh no, now I have to answer that question all over again. And identity is a really important thing. Really, like there's different theories and concepts about how identity is formed within us, but there's like an overall belief that knowing who you are leads to it leads to like being able to like connect with positive relationships. It gives a sense of purpose. And it also, it just allows you to have overall emotional health. So knowing who you are is really important. Like identity is important. The age old question of who am I, the people have been asking that for a long time, right? And it's a very hot topic of identity and figuring who you are, figuring it all out. But we try to fill in all the gaps of our identity with secondary pieces of ID. And the challenge with that is that those things, they change and they are temporary. They don't last forever because things that are popular now aren't always going to be popular. And you see it in people's bios, right? It's usually like coffee lover or dog lover or there's something to do with all the things that you love to do. And those are great. They are actually very important parts of our lives, really. Like being the mother of or married to or your business, your schooling, and all the things that you love, like hiking or um, art, music, drama, sports, like all these things, they're so fabulous and they're so great and they make us unique and special. However, when we base our identity on those things, because they change and the things I used to love, I don't love so much now and the things I love now, I might not always do. And as they change, then we all of a sudden are like, oh no, identity crisis, who am I now? But the thing is that when we base our identity in Christ and we find our primary identity in Christ alone, it's unchanging and it's eternal. It never changes. So we never face that identity crisis. Like you've all heard of the term like a midlife crisis, right? Like I have just entered the middle of my life. And so I, well, I guess any day now, I, I guess I'm due for a midlife crisis. I guess, like I'm, I'm, I guess I'm at that time now. It's time for a midlife crisis next week. You just don't know, guys. You don't know what I'm going to show up like. I could pull up in a sports car. Like you just don't know. You have no idea if I were basing my identity on those changeable things. But when we base our identity on what scripture says and who God says we are, it does not change and it lasts for all of eternity, for now and throughout eternity. So it says that often throughout scripture, like we are the children of God, we are called to be children of light, all these things. But today I wanna look at 1 Peter 2 verse 9 and this is the, the definition of our identity that I wanna look at today. So 1 Peter 2 verse 9. 
And I love that this comes from the voice of Peter. I mean, I love Paul, and I love all the Bible characters. Paul's great. He travels around. He really encourages the believers. A lot of theology comes from Paul. And I also love Peter. Like, really, Peter, I always feel like he was the first pastor. Before Jesus ascended into heaven, he said to Peter, he's like, Peter, do you love me? Then feed my sheep, shepherd my sheep, take care of the sheep, you know? And so he, I feel like he's the first pastor, and I love that this definition of our identity, who we are, who we're called to be in Christ, comes from the voice of Peter because um, it's so pastoral, it's so loving. And he says this, he says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession to declare the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous or his wondrous light. That is who we are called to be. That is our identity in Christ, and it will never change. That will remain the same. So today, we're going to go through it. We're going to look at the pieces of what that identity in Christ means, all right? I feel like I'm just teaching this lovely course, and you're all so lovely and polite, and it's wonderful. Um, so the very first thing it says, but you are a chosen generation. So <laughs> I don't know. I remember being about like 12, I guess, and hearing about Gen X. That was when I first started hearing about generations. And it was always just seemed very like, they seemed like such a bad generation. It seemed everything about them was bad. That was my 12-year-old perspective, you know? And then it, there's been so Gen X and like the millennials or Gen Y and then Gen Z. And now I've heard there's Gen Alpha and then Gen Beta. And it's just going to keep going through the alphabet, I guess, again. Um, but they're labeling all these generations now, right? And But it always just sounds so negative to me and so dreary and frightening. And I'm like, oh, dear. Like, it just sounds like every generation just, oh, I feel so bad for that generation. You know, it's like, oh, it sounds like it's just not, not a good group of people. I feel really bad. They just have all these challenges and they're going to face this. And their perspective is just this. And it's not very positive at all. But God says to us that you are a chosen generation. So no matter what age you are, because he's speaking through all ages, through all time, he's saying whatever generation you associate with, hey, you're a chosen generation. No matter what your age is, you are chosen by God. You are chosen by God. And you need to let that sink in, that you are chosen by God, that you are loved by him. It feels amazing to be chosen, you know, and he... He is God, our Father, who has chosen to be in relationship with us because we were separated because of sin, and we were separated from him, but he chose to send his son to die on a cross to be in relationship with us because we are chosen. So you're a chosen generation. That's something to be excited about. Your generation is not hopeless because you are chosen. We are chosen by him. The next one is a royal priesthood. I'm just going to go through these fairly quickly. I could linger on them so long and really like dig deep, but this this is the first week of this series, and I know they'll be following weeks with more great information, and so I just want to touch on these, but you are a royal priesthood. Now, here's a little history lesson from the Bible. I know it's weird to think of ourselves as royalty or priests. Those are terms we wouldn't necessarily use today, but in the Bible times, there were the 12 tribes of Israel, and there were the Levites. Now, the Levites were the ones who were only ever, ever, ever allowed to be the priests. They were the chosen ones. They were from a certain tribe, and they were dedicated to serve in the temple. Only them. Only they could do it. And they were specific jobs and specific everything that they had to go through, the Levites. 
But now God is saying, like, you are a part of that royal priesthood. We, because of what Jesus did on the cross, we get to be a part of what God is doing in the house of God. So we get to serve. So our identity is about being like we're chosen, but we also get to serve in the house of God. Like that is exciting news. Like we get to be here. We get to serve in the house of God because we are a part of that royal priesthood. And so I just want to encourage you to serve in the house of God. If you're not yet on a team, find it like find a place where you feel like you would fit. That's part of, of Vivid. We want you to find your fit, to be connected, to serve in the house of God because that's actually a part of our identity, part of who God has called us to be, that we know that we're loved by him and that we get to serve in his house. So we would love to help you find your your space where you can be connected here, all right? So you are chosen, you get to serve. The next one is a holy nation. Now, does anybody like the Olympics? Anybody watching? Anybody else? Okay, kind of quiet. Okay, so I love the Olympics, okay? (laughs) I love them. We have them on all the time at our house, and I love it because the summer ones were delayed, so we just had the summer ones, and now we get, I thought maybe these ones would be delayed, but they're not. They're on time, and I'm really excited about that. So here we get to have Olympics again, and probably a lot of you are thinking, well, it just kind of like interrupts all my regularly scheduled programming. But they're really exciting if you get into them. And there's lots of fun different sports that are on. Last night we watched figure skating and snowboarding, and that was really fun. Um, But I really love the opening ceremonies. So I had already looked ahead to see what Canada was going to be wearing, and Lululemon did an amazing job. Like, we looked really good, really good. Uh, I liked the whole red on red on red. It was really great. The scarf was a really great accessory. So Lululemon did awesome. Um, So I love the parade as they all come in, all the athletes are coming in, and they're representing their country, right? And it's so amazing to me that you know some we have a large group because it's the Winter Olympics so obviously we're good at the winter stuff um, some countries do not have very many and there's a few that just have their one athlete that comes in like Malta had her one snow like their one snowboarding girl with all the rainbow hair she looked really fun and um, the American Samoa man Nathan uh, Crumpton was that his name and he walks in, and everyone else, everyone else is in full-on winter gear, but he walks in with, like, the grass skirt, flip-flops. He's, all he has is, like, some, like, tribal necklace thing on, the headpiece. And that's and he walks in waving his leg, and I'm like, he is representing his country well. Like, he is really repping his country. Everyone's like, it is freezing here in Beijing, but he is really brave to be wearing that. And so I'm like, good for him. He is repping his country well. We are a part of a holy nation. We are a part of the kingdom of God, and we get to represent the kingdom of God. And we do that through holiness. We are called to be a holy nation. Now, holiness in and of itself, we, don't, we cannot achieve on our own. It is only because of what Jesus did on the cross. But we will be known by our holiness. We get to represent the kingdom of God with holiness. And I think that's such a... a honor, really. Like, we get to represent him, and I want to do it well. You know, I want to show up and whatever. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, yeah, that really stands out because she's repping the kingdom of God, and we get to do that with holiness. Obviously, we need to ask for God's help in that area, but he's always faithful to help because he loves us. All right, so uh, holy nation, 
and I love the Olympics. We're going to go watch some more today. Um, and then the next thing is God's special possession. There's different translations that have come. There's peculiar people. I actually like God's special possession. I know it sounds weird to think like, oh, possession. But here's what I think of. My own kids are mine. They are mine, and they belong to me, and I am wholly 1,000 million percent responsible for everything about my kids. They belong to me, and so everything that happens to them is like relates to my life. And so when God is saying, hey, you are my special possession, he is seeing us as his sons and his daughters, and he's saying everything about your life matters to me. I am responsible for you. I care about you. You are my children. All right, so it's beautiful. God sees us as his children. We are chosen. We get to serve in the house of God. We get to represent the kingdom of God. That is our identity, and that is who we are in Christ. Okay, so that's kind of the who piece, our identity. And then it moves into this great thing. Now, remember before I said that identity is very important because it leads to a sense of having purpose. It leads to being able to connect in relationship, have emotional health. Um, this is the part that relates to how we have a purpose because it says to declare the praises of him who has called us out of darkness into his wondrous light, right? So to declare the praises of him. Now, I love the word declare because all I can think of is like in the south, like down south in America, like in Georgia or Louisiana, and some cute little girl saying, I do declare, right? Do you know what I mean? Like that's all I hear in my head. I'm like, oh, it's just so cute. I do declare. And I think, oh, that's just so cute. Also, I can think of like being at the airport again and you're often asked like, oh, do you have anything to declare? And we, as children of God, who are called by God, we are supposed to say, yes, yes, we do have something to declare. Yes, we do. Now, I think it's very easy to have a great, wonderful relationship with God and just to keep it to ourselves. Like, that is something that I think we're all very tempted to do, to keep it quiet and to keep it to ourselves. But we are actually called to declare the praises of God and to declare in the original language, it means to like to make public or to make known or to publish. Okay, so to make known, to make public. And so a few months ago, Kezia and Sophie and Justin, they published a book, Zach Togs. And so I watched that whole publishing process happen. And it takes a lot of like passion and commitment and time and effort and energy to actually see it through because there's just a lot of details involved with publishing. And you actually have to see it through because it's easy just to be like, okay, let's just stop here and call it a day. You know, we almost got there. But they actually like to see it through and to publish it takes work. And if you spend even just a little bit of time, I think, talking to any of the kids, you will like quite quickly realize that we're pretty big fans of Disney and anything Disney related. Um, maybe not so much Justin. He is a big fan of us and he loves to make us happy. So by extension, he's kind of a fan, but only because it makes us happy and we love it so much. Um, but we love Disney. We love Disneyland. We lived in Los Angeles. And when you live close to Disneyland, you pay like a monthly rate and you can just go anytime you want. It's incredible. You get this card, secondary piece of ID in your wallet. It is incredible. You can go anytime for as long as you want. And we loved it. We had so much fun in Disneyland, and we are excited to go back again. Anyway, that's just a little tangent. So we love Disney. But Walt Disney, if you look into the actual, the man Walt Disney, 
it was a struggle. Like, I did not, obviously, I didn't go into great depth of his whole life. I just, like, read through some of the facts about him. It was a struggle. Poor Walt Disney. Like, he, his first animation company went bankrupt. He tried to, uh, like, appeal or get the support of 300 different banks, and they all rejected him. They would not support him or his passion for animation. They did not see it. He had uh, animators who worked for him who were then stolen. He had ideas stolen from him. But he had this passion to see his animation. Like He was a man who loved to draw and wanted to bring stories to life. And he had this passion to get it out there, to have an audience, to make it known. He could have just got a regular job and been like, well, I just, when I get home from work, I doodle in my doodle book and then I call it a day. But he wanted it to become public and he wanted there to be an audience. And think of how much he has changed the course of life. Like everyone knows Disney. It's massive. And it's because he would not give up. He wouldn't, even though it was struggle after struggle after struggle, he would not give up. And this was a quote that he has. He says, all the adversity I had in my life, all the troubles and obstacles have strengthened me. You may not realize them when it happens. You may not realize it when it happens, but a kick in the teeth may be the best thing in the world for you. And I love that, his tenacity, his passion to have an audience. And I think when we are called in our identity to declare the praises of God, we need to realize that it's not always easy, but there has to be a passion inside of us to declare his praises, to declare the goodness of God, to declare the faithfulness of God. There's that passion within us. And that passion comes from when we understand and recognize that God is passionate about us, that God loves us and he is passionate about us and I am thankful that he is so passionate about us and so I think when we that grows inside of us then that passion spills out and we realize I need to declare the praises of God I need to make it public I need to have there needs to be someone that I am sharing this with because that is what we are called to do we are called to declare the praises of God and then lastly, it says, who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous or his wondrous light. So it talks about where God has called us to be. He no longer wants us living in the darkness. He wants us to live in the light. And that is common throughout scripture, that we are called to live in the light and to be children of the light. And uh, I, I don't think we always appreciate the light until we are all of a sudden find ourselves in the darkness. And then some years ago, uh, we only had five kids at the time. So some years ago, uh, I think Kezia was maybe eight and Arrow was a baby. And it was New Year's Eve and we were, uh, had like this late night worship service where we'd worship until midnight. So I had the kids there, but it was getting late. They were getting tired. So I'm like, well, Justin's, he's leading the service, so I'll just take the kids home, get them ready for bed, and then by the time it's midnight, we can say, Happy New Year, and they can just fall asleep, you know? So we get home, and when you have multiple kids, you kind of get in this rhythm of, like, getting who ready when in the little system of getting everyone ready for bed. And so someone's in the shower, someone's in the bathtub, someone's brushing teeth, someone's getting pajamas, Arrow's probably sleeping. 
And all of a sudden, the power goes out, and it is complete darkness, like complete darkness. And all I hear are tears from the bathtub and tears from the shower and tears as someone's like, brushing their teeth, and it's like they can't see anything, and it's complete darkness. And it is scary. It is a scary moment. And so you're trying, I'm like trying to get, you know, like my flashlight on my phone. They're all little, so they don't have phones. It wouldn't be so bad now because they all have phones, so they would just pull out all their flashlights, but I was the only one. And so I'm trying to get candles flashlights trying to rescue the kids out of the water in the dark (laughs) you know like it is scary when there is darkness there is like a sense of chaos right you're like oh my goodness what is happening and everything seems frightening there is so much fear in the darkness but God is called to us to live in the light right he has called us to live in the light and in the light there is freedom and there is peace there is clarity and that that's where we're called to live And so I'm thankful. That's our identity from the voice of Peter, who God has called us to be. I'm excited for the weeks to come. We're going to keep looking into our identity and what we're called, who we're called to be, what we're called to do, and that's so exciting. Uh, But before I close today, I just um, I'm really thankful for caller ID, caller ID, because. It's pretty common now, right? Like you just your phone rings, you pick it up, and you get to see who's calling. And it's like, oh, Sophie's calling, and I get to talk with Sophie, and you can see who it is. And I think we've all had those calls that are like unknown, unknown caller or unknown number, or it's just a number that you don't recognize. Do you know what I'm talking about? Do you guys get this? So it's just a very different feeling when you're like, oh, I I don't know this number, um, and. Usually it's like, well, it's some you've done something wrong or your social insurance number or something, something is wrong. Please give us your bank account number or whatever, right? Like it's, and you're like, mm, no, I don't think so. And that's just, that's the end of that. Those are those weird unknown call calls. And um, I actually, I get the best one ever, the best like, unknown call. It comes up, and I'm like, oh, or else it'll just go to my voicemail, but then I get to listen to it then. But I, it's like this beautiful, beautiful music, kind of like that. It just starts playing. It's like you feel like you're at the spa, and then this lovely voice, like it is so beautiful, starts speaking. And maybe it's in Mandarin or Cantonese. I'm not sure. And I have no idea what she's saying. But it is so beautiful. And I get this call, like, frequently, like, at least every week or so. But I don't even mind. I'm like, oh, it's just so lovely. <laughs> but, so, but caller ID is, is nice. I really appreciate it. But I do remember a time when there was no caller ID. And we actually just had, like landline phones. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like phones connected to a wire in your house that don't leave your house. It's, it's so funny to think of. But they actually, it was actually only landline phones and we didn't even have caller ID. And the very first person that I ever met who had caller ID or that I knew of was my grandma, my own grandma. She was the very first person. And it's quite funny because she loves to talk on the phone so it wouldn't even have mattered. Like even if it was like unknown number, she would still, oh awesome, and she'd want to figure out who it is because she just loves to chat anyway so I love that she was the very first person who had it but Justin and I did not have it most people did not have caller ID and so for the season that Justin and I were engaged he actually was at college at Bible college and for that like eight or nine months or whatever it was I lived with his parents in a different city so I was working I was planning on our wedding 
and he was at college. And so, but there was this amazing plan. We had no cell phone also. And so there's this amazing plan that after six o'clock, you could call anywhere for, for free, basically. Like you pay $20 a month and you could just call anywhere after six and talk unlimited. Like, do you remember this? Does anyone remember this? It was incredible. And Justin and I would talk for hours every single night for hours and hours. Like, Joel remembers. Joel was living there. <laughs> he was there. <laughs> and, and so, but we had the system, because sometimes Justin being Justin, he was really busy. So he's a busy guy. And so sometimes he wasn't quite ready right at 6 o'clock. So I would wait for the signal. And the signal would be, like, at the college, there was actually only a payphone, which is ridiculous. Like, you like had to put the coins in, and it's attached to the wall. A payphone. So he would call me on the payphone, and through the operator, place a collect call. Does anyone know what I'm even talking about? Like, this is like ancient history. A collect call. This was like our, our like prehistoric caller ID system. This is what we did. <laughs> and so he would place the call to, to his parents' house where I was, and I would pick it up, and it'd be the operator saying, you have a collect call from Justin. And then what I would do every single time is I would reject it. I'd be like, nope which felt really mean every single time, but I would reject it, and then I would call him back. So he, it was like our signal to say, hey, I'm ready. You can call me now. And so, and sometimes, I mean, sometimes a call would come after six, and I would answer, and it would be like, hi, is Doug or Marilyn there? And I'd be like, oh. Like those are Justin's parents. And I'd be like, um, sure. And then I'd have to go find them and be like, there's a call for you. And um, I, could just, I, I couldn't say, please don't talk long, because that would seem rude, right? It's their house. It's their phone. But with my eyes, I'm like beseeching them, like, please, could you please not talk very long? It's after six. You guys know Justin is going to be calling me. You know, but it was a priority to talk with him. It was a priority to get that call because we wanted to talk. And even if it was just talking about the day, that was, we just wanted to talk. And so I just want to encourage you today that God has called you. He has called you. There's a call, and he's called me. There's a calling on our life, but we need to make sure that his call is a priority in our life and that we are answering that call, because when we answer the call of God, we find identity. We find purpose. We're able to have healthy relationships. Like, there is so much that comes when we place our, like, our primary identity, knowing it comes from God alone, and it's not just based on things that are going to change as time goes by. But our identity is found in him alone. So we need to answer that call. We need to make it a priority because he loves us. He has chosen us. He has a plan for us. So let's always be uh, ready to answer the call of God. Okay, make it a priority in in our lives because he loves us. Right, so I love you guys. I just want to take a moment and I just want to pray with you. I'm excited for the days to come. God, we love you. Thank you that you love us. Thank you that you have called us, that we are called, that there's a calling on our life. And I just pray right now that that we would be more uh, passionate to really answer that call, to be in relationship with you, to know you more, that uh, we would understand the love you have for us and that, that it would grow a passion within us. 
we love you so much. We're so thankful for all you've done. And I pray for anyone here today. I pray that if, they're, if they feel like they've never answered the call or they just don't know your voice or maybe they feel like you've been calling but they just haven't wanted to answer or made the time to answer, I just pray right now that you would just work in each one of our hearts where we're at, what we're facing, where we are in terms of relationship with you, God. I just pray that you would touch each person and uh, that you would speak. And I thank you that every day is new in you. Your mercies are new every morning. So we can start fresh today and answer the call of God and walk in the identity that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Well, I love you guys. I love you so much. And uh, it's. I'm really glad that Justin was able to be in Los Angeles again this Sunday at the church that we worked at. And, you know, I was talking about different, you know, uh, like country differences. Canadians in America is a very different thing. It truly, truly is. Like, there is a different cultural feel. And and so I, we can represent Canada because we're always known as being so polite and kind and sweet, right? And I, every time I speak with you, I'm like, oh, yeah, like, you guys are so lovely and polite and sweet, and I love you so much. When you speak in America, you feel the change. People are, like, a little more something, something. I don't know. I don't even know. I'm not going to define it. <laughs> I won't define it, but there is a difference. And so I'm really thankful for you. I love you guys so much. I'm excited about what God's going to do, and I'm just praying that you have a great week, and we'll see you again next week. All right, next week is Super Bowl Sunday, and I know there's going to be that temptation to watch it, but let's just record it and then watch it later. Are you with me? <laughs> okay. All right, I love you guys so much. We hope that you enjoyed this edition of the Vivid Church podcast. For more information about Vivid Church, check out our website at www.vivid.church or look us up on Instagram at vivid.church. Have the best day.